Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parentingpodcast. Not if, but when your teenager makes a bad decision, uh, it can feel like a personal failure on your part or a reflection of your parenting abilities. Today, if you're carrying a heavy weight because you're worried about your teen, we want to offer some encouragement. I'm John Fuller, along with Danny Huerta. He's the head of our parenting and youth department here at Focus on the Family. And Danny, it is one thing to know in my head that God is ultimately in charge of my kid, but um, if they're a teen and they're not making good decisions, it's it's hard to remain calm. Oh, it is. And that's perfectly normal. I mean, we are human beings with emotions, right? And there is a frustration behind that that is perfectly normal, but the word and comes after that. And what do we do with that frustration? One thing that I like to reflect on is, am I frustrated with my teenager because they're making me look bad or because it's something about me? Or is it because I'm concerned about their well-being and their growth? There's a big difference between those two. One of them, I am frustrated and I'm going to come at you as, as my teen son or daughter because you have shamed me or done something that made me look bad. Uh, Whereas the other one, you come in with grace and love, and they can sense that, that you really want something good for them, and the disappointment is more that they're missing out on something. And that's how our Heavenly Father treats us in, in correcting us, is that we're missing out on something. It's not about, man, I can't wait to punish you and yeah. correct you. There's something even better that He's wanting for us. And as parents, if we enter these conversations with our teens around that— then we we will successfully bring grace to the table. The other one will be more about this is inconvenient or you made me look bad, I'm comparing to others, and the, those emotions that come out really damage the relationship. Yeah, well, let's go ahead and hear a little bit more about your teens, especially if you're worried about them. Uh, Jim Daly and I sat down with Dr. Ken Wilgus. He is an author and a licensed psychologist. Speak to that issue of the long view and the importance uh, as a parent to have the long view of the relationship with your teenager. It's one of my favorite parts of working with teenagers is that they are going to change and things get uh, most of the time improved as they get older. And so some of the more immature stuff will definitely improve itself. And ironically, I've done this long enough. After 30 years, I've had teenagers that I worked with come back as adults, and they want help with that very thing. Remember that you couldn't get my parents to help me control my anger. Well, now I want your help because I need to control my anger. So uh, they improve and gain insight one way or the other. Uh, And so it's important to think about that what you're doing as a parent is helping as best you can while you clock in during these hours. But the good news is their outcome does not completely depend on you as a parent, which is, again, back to our faith. It's it's part of really a privilege to be a part of their life for these years. But, you know, it doesn't all hang on you. All right. The young adults have been sitting here listening to this. Let's tap them to ask you some questions that we haven't covered yet. That'd be great. So are we ready for that, everybody? All right. We've got one. Come on up. I'm Hannah. I'm from Maryland. Um, So thank you so much, first of all, for having us out here. It's been really cool to listen to this. Um, My question would be, um, if you have a child who is afraid to launch or has a fear of failure or anxiety, how would you handle that as a parent? Okay, that's a really good question because it's happening more and more and more. And I think those are the times that it's ironic that it can be tempting as a Christian family, as I've mentioned, 
to almost thank God for this overly anxious kid that doesn't seem to want to ever leave us. How great is that? It's not great. It's not good for her. It's not good for him. And so in those cases, I think parents really do have to press um, that we need you to um, be doing more for yourself. A lot of it, for example, socially, you can't set up play dates for your teenager, but you can definitely say, dude, your mom and I need a weekend, so uh, don't you have somewhere, we need you to spend the night somewhere with, how about so-and-so? So you, you're pressing that uh, and constantly giving the message that we expect you to be ready to go from here, uh, and it can help quite a bit. Again, if it's severe anxiety uh, there are times when you most need treatment for that as well. Help with that. Counseling can help with that. But that has to be accompanied by the constant message that no matter what this is, this isn't going to change the trajectory that you're you're heading out. And we, we totally have respect that you can do that. That's a really good question. It comes up a lot. <laughs> okay. Um, hello, I'm Ben, and I'm from Southern California. And, um, yeah, this is an amazing opportunity to just get to sit in and listen but i was wondering so you're talking about fear earlier and control and um, parents who are fearful be, so they do tend to control more because of their fear and that can um, bring about broken relationships with the parent and the child or the right. adolescent and um, i was wondering with that broken relationship and trust especially what are some ways to rebuild that trust from the adolescent side or the young adult from, side or pro- the parent from the parent side to like reach out to the kid it starts with if the parent is aware of that and willing to do it <clears throat> again I, I think that's a prayer request for a lot of parents that God would show them that what can feel like almost like a righteous I've I'm still mad at them my adult child because they're not doing what they should do as if that's a good thing and so they have to first be shown that that's a fearful thing that's not actually helping and then once they see that, I think it's pretty easy. And most young people I know are very open to hearing a, a mom or a dad, for example, call and say, you know, I need to be open with you that I think I've been kind of broken about some things and I really want to talk to you. It's not about confessing your sins to your young adult child, but it is about taking responsibility. And most of the teenagers I know, young adults for sure, are open to hearing that. It doesn't mean we're all going to be buddy-buddy after this, but certainly they're open to hearing it. So I think it's a matter of being aware of it first, and then they can make the steps. Thanks. Good, Ben. Good question. Ken, on that note, parents really have to, in my mind, own uh, that relational responsibility. I mean, we have our kids for 18 years, and then if you do it well, you've got the rest of your life with them. And if they've done something to tick me off, um, I really shouldn't be waiting around for them, my child, to fix it, should I? You could wait their whole life if mm. you've decided in a resentful, can't imagine how that's a Christian fashion, to say, you know, they have done me wrong, they've not respected me and their stepmother, whatever the situation is, then so I'm just going to wait. Then you can literally wait your whole life. Mm. Uh, it makes no sense to people based uh, whose lives are based in forgiveness. And so you need to make that initiate. It's a very good point that you need to initiate that and continue to initiate that uh, as best you can in a humble way. Uh, again, young adults will eventually come around if you're uh, persistent. They can and, be and pretty humble. forgiving, can't they? They really can. They really can. If you really want a solid relationship with your teenager, it starts with you. But it really is hard to be gracious when. Those kids don't deserve it. Um, Danny, what does it look like to show grace even if a parent doesn't approve of their son or daughter's behavior? Well, it begins with listening and listening carefully and attentively. And many times emotions prevent us from actually listening 
carefully to really what the the want and desire is underneath the surface and underneath the behaviors. If we if we just react to the behaviors, we will quickly miss out on really what's there and the opportunity for grace. And what you want to do with a teen that continually rejects that is is continue to put a, a bridge there. You're going to be persistent. You're going to be patient because you're showing and displaying God's love mm-hmm. to your teen. And there will be some teens that uh, are in in a in a tough spot. Maybe there's been a, a division in the home or other conflict that has been a part of the home. And so be patient as you pursue. Don't stop pursuing your teen because that's our initial reaction, right? We don't want rejection as parents. We don't want to feel like we're failing each time. But first listen uh, as you ask questions to your teen. And as we've talked about before on the show, it's important to ask our, our kids open-ended questions so we get plenty of information along the way. And then if you're going to deal with some tough topics, go side by side. Go take a walk or a drive and put the phones away and just have silence together, conversation, and then begin to create a consistent pattern of connecting that way so that your teen gets used to that. Mm-hmm. And that's a good place to be open and it's not threatening face-to-face. Yeah, I appreciate that. That, that safety is so vital to having real transparency in your conversations. And I've had moments where I've had to really work on rebuilding that safety because I didn't do what you said at the beginning here. I didn't listen. I just went to, you know, automatic emotional response. And that's, I appreciate your um, equating listening with grace because grace says it's safe. You're good. And John, sometimes we have to take timeouts ourselves. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell parents, they put five timeout pr- possibilities on the refrigerator, even three if you want, and then show your teen self-control because you're modeling that. And if all of a sudden you become frustrated, you're showing respect by saying, hey, I got to go take one of my timeouts. And you physically <laughs> yes. go over there and mark it, go get a timeout, come back and say, hey, I'm, I'm ready to connect and really listen to you. I appreciate that. Well, if you're looking for more great advice on the teen years, we do recommend Dr. Wilgus's book. It's called Feeding the Mouth That Bites You. And uh, we're making that available as our thank you gift when you join the support team uh, by making a donation of any amount to Focus on the Family today. You can do that through the website, and of course that site has additional resources as well for moms and dads with an entire section of articles dedicated to encouraging fathers. Be sure to check those out. We'll post a link to the book and to the website in the episode notes. Next time, Dr. Wilgus will be back to discuss taking advantage of the time while kids are still in the home. And for now, on behalf of Danny Huerta and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. 